Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. The name of my message this morning, Bitten, but never beaten. It's not what knocks you down, it's how you get up. It's not how you fall, it's how you get up. The Bible says a good man may, a good man may fall seven times and rise again. Say it this morning, so I will rise again. Uh, one of the greatest, uh, I, 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 we can't play it for YouTube, etc. But one of the greatest uh, ex- uh, things I saw uh, recently, Rocky Balboa, that talks to his son, who was entitled, his dad who won the world championship many, many times. And uh, he says to his son, you better understand that life is not fair. And it's not about how you get hit in life. It's how you handle Life when life hits you. Everybody will be knocked. Everybody will go through trials. Everybody will face challenges. Everybody may feel the bite of a sting at times. But I want to tell you at the start that God is not finished with you and your best days are ahead of you in the name of Jesus. Come on, stand to your feet and give God a praise in this place. Hallelujah. Numbers 21, and I want to read from verse four to nine. And I want you to write this down. Bitten, but never beaten. Bitten, never defeated. Write it down. Bitten, never bitter. Bitten, always better. Oh, that's good enough to give God a praise for. Hallelujah. So Numbers chapter 21 verse 4 to 9, the Bible says, Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go round the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged. It's what COVID has done to many, many people in our world. On the way, and the people spoke against the Lord and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water and no electricity. And our soul soul loathes this worthless Israel. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people And they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that He may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And I'll tell you, we have prayed for you. And this is the year of your breakthrough. This is the year where things are going to turn around. This is the year where God is going to clothe you with a garment of praise, where God's going to give you beautiful ashes. Come on. Oh, come on. This is the year where your weeping and your sorrow will end. Because God says, weeping endures for a moment, but joy comes in the morning in Jesus' name. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent, type of the devil, an attack, had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. So we read the story of Israel again. They rebel against God and they murmur and they complain about everything. And fiery serpents enter the camp and people are bitten. Listen, a lot of people in our world have been bitten financially, economically, relationally, we have people on a level of discouragement and depression as never. But I want to tell you, 
God's going to set you free because He came to open the prison door. He came to set the captive free. He came to heal the broken heart. He came to restore your losses. Come on, He came to give you double for your trouble. Oh, come on, you better change your atmosphere this morning. If you are going through something, you better praise God for the answer before the answer in the name of Jesus Christ and believe that your better days are ahead. So God says to Moses to make a serpent which is showing to Jesus one day that will be crucified on the cross. And He says, everybody that is bitten and looks to the cross. As Moses lifted up the serpent, John chapter 3 says, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Sometimes life bites you. Sometimes you feel bitten. You go through a betrayal an abandonment, you make a mistake like David, you go through losses like David at Ziklag, you go through a place of discouragement and abandonment like Elijah after he prays fire from heaven. The next minute he's so depressed, so discouraged that he runs away from God and he says, it is enough God, I wanna die. And God comes to him. Has God's gonna come to you in dream week because God's not done with you. God is not finished with you. God is going to lift you up. He's the glory and He's the lifter of your head. Come on. He started the good work in your life and He's going to finish it. Somebody shout Amen. Come on. Let's have a praise meeting here this morning. So life can bite you. Tragedy, persecution. The things that you face in life can sometimes leave a bitter taste in your mouth. And sometimes almost take the wind out of your sails. It's called life. It's what Jesus said in John 16, verse 33. In this world you will have tribulation. These things I've written that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Come on, can somebody cheer this morning and stop shedding a tear? Come on. Oh, come on, your time for mourning is over. I declare it, I prophesy it in Jesus' name. I said your time for mourning is over. It's time to rejoice. I said it's time to re Somebody give the Lord a little bit of a praise dance. I don't give you feel I can do it. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Bitten but never bit bitter. Bitten but never beaten. You may feel like Nehemiah this morning. Verse 19 when he says, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. And how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. Anybody ever hit the bottom? Not the bottom of the bottle, the bottom in life. Well, a good thing about being down and out is that the only place you can go is up. If, if you're down, you're going to get up. If, you are, if you've been knocked down, there's one place to go. You ain't staying on the ground. You are getting back up again. You are going to live again. You are going to laugh again. You are going to smile again. You are going to praise God again. You are going to rebuild your business. You are going to live your life. I don't care how bitter the taste in your mouth this morning. He turns your bitter into sweet. He turns your morning into dancing. His name is Jesus. But you've got to make up your mind to lift up your eyes and to stop looking at your problem and your tragedy and, your, and, and the cause of your mourning. And you've got to get up and get on with life. I say it with all the love that I have. I don't mean to criticize you, but there comes a time that you have to make up your mind and say enough. I'm not staying in this place any longer. Like Rocky Balboa said to his son, he said, I've been knocked down. The ref almost counted me out but I decided I am not ready to be counted out. I am getting back up again, stronger than ever before with more determination because my God is good. There's a bitter taste in my mouth, but I know that my God specializes in turning bitter into sweet. Somebody give the Lord a sweet praise because your things are gonna turn around. Oh, I feel God in this place. Give Him a praise. Come on, Mr. Soundman. I was actually planning not to preach this morning, so I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> so he says, 
But there's another thing I remember and keep on remembering. I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They created new every morning. So every morning you can get up with hope. No hope, no matter how hopeless your situation. And I say it over and over, He, God, is all I have got left. And God is enough. He's El Shaddai. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits. To the woman who diligently seeks. They now want to eradicate the, the word man. No, God made a man and a woman. And we are not going to allow the people that are confused in the world to tell us that we cannot raise our sons as boys and raise our daughters as little girls. We are not going to get influenced by this identity crisis that is trying to take away our identity. We know who we are. Created in the image of God, male and female, He created them. Come on, come on, come on. Young person, you're not going to be swept away by this order of this world that's trying to bring confusion because if they can take away your identity you become a number already you may not say father mother in canada and many other places what rubbish is that we're not going to allow that in south africa okay parent one parent two who's parent one i don't want to be parent two because i'm a man now i can't say i'm a man hey i'm a man and i don't apologize i didn't make myself god made me and i respect everybody Every challenge, every battle I'm against, nobody else. But we're not going to allow the confused people in the world to change what is normal. Because the Bible says, the Bible says, before the return of Jesus Christ, that which is normal will be deemed as abnormal. And what is abnormal will be deemed as normal. Look at your wife and say, honey, I love you. And I'm glad you are who you are. That's not another man's wife now, okay? I'm going to teach my child at school or my grandchild at school, uh, you decide what you are. <laughs> Foolishness. Professing to be wise, they become fools. I'll stand against it. Like I did racism. I'll stand against this agenda. Like the, thank God for the Prime Minister of Italy. Now, some of you don't know what's happening. All you're concerned about is your hairstyle and your three friends that you have gin with every week. <laughs> Get an understanding of the times, man. Because you, you're fighting for your children and your grandchildren. Ninito ma poppy tvs. Next play is a mooi poppy. Ma poppy, raak bewissel wat in die wereld aangang. Alsjeblieft, want jou kinders gaan leid en jou kleinkinders gaan leid. Dis van nie, dis nie deel van die boodskap nie. So, he says, God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits. I read it again on purpose. To the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope. To quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you are young to stick it out through the hard times. And this is for tonight, but I want to encourage young people, don't get lost in this time. Don't get lost in, through education. Don't get, get lost by peer pressure. Don't get lost because of the two years and two and a half years that's been taken away from you. Um, your education, your social life. What about young people got lost? Depression among young people is an all-time all high. Suicide among young people, the biggest cause of, of death for young people in South Africa. It's not okay. We have to bring God back to our schools. Come on, young pastors. We have to bring Jesus back to our world, to our students, to our universities. We have to tell people about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. So when life bites you, 
Nehemiah says, uh, Jeremiah says that it's real. I've hit rock bottom. I remember all the things. We can all talk about the scars that we have in our bodies. Amen. We can all talk about the painful times in life. He says, but I'm not going to camp there. I'm going to lift my eyes to the heavens. I'm going to look up to God. When those serpents came and people experienced the bite of the serpent, they refused to stay down. Bitten, but they were not beaten because Jesus Christ fought the ultimate battle for you and me on the cross 2,000 years ago so that no matter how low you are, you can know you have a Saviour. No matter how hurt you are, you can know you have a healer. No matter how bound you are, you can know you have a deliverer. But you have to make up your mind, my brother and my sister. You have to make up your mind to look up and to praise up. You have to make up your mind to look up and to praise up. You see, everyone in Israel had a decision to make. While they felt the bite of the serpent, Satan, they could have chosen to look away from the cross, but they didn't. They looked up and the Bible says, everybody that was bitten who looked, lived. I don't know what you are facing this morning, but I'm gonna tell you, you're not gonna die. You are gonna live. You are not gonna go under. You are gonna go over. You are not gonna quit. You are gonna get the quit out of you. No matter how hard you've been knocked, no matter how bitter the taste in your mouth, how real the pain in your heart. Your God is real and His faithfulness is, is, is new every morning. I said His faithfulness is new every morning. Some of you have become cynical. Some of you have become filled with doubt because your, your pain is so real. Your tragedy, tra tragedy is so real. Your loss is so real. You have to turn your eyes to Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 verse 2, looking unto Jesus because when you look at your circumstances, it seems impossible. It seems hopeless. But Jeremiah said, I hope quietly. And I just want to encourage you this morning to hope quietly, but to praise very vocally in Jesus' name. You better praise louder than the devil. Praise louder than your pain. Praise louder than your circumstances. You have to make up your mind to stop magnifying your problem and begin to magnify the Lord. And lift Jesus up above your circumstances. Even if you don't feel like it, in the midst of the storm, you have to lift your eyes above the waves and above the storms of life. And you have to see the one that's walking on the water right to you, the storm calmer. Come on, the trouble remover. Come on, the way maker the Deliverer. Oh, come on, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you believe it this morning, say amen and give Him a praise in Jesus' name. Maybe your breakthrough is to get a husband. Should I try again? <laughs> he makes all things perfect. Beautiful in his time. And you're my goddaughter, man, so I can play with you. And people are scared of me. That's why they're not going to inbox you. So you can inbox me, but I'm blocked. So you have no access to me. So she's safe. Amen. That's called giving you attention. <laughs> so when life bites you, you, you better look up. And shut up. <laughs> You've got to stop going around and talking to everybody about your problems and your trouble and stop magnifying your depression and stop magnifying your hurt and stop magnifying. Because every time you, you, you speak about your problem, your problem grows. If you talk about your mountain, your mountain will grow. You've got to begin to magnify God. You've got to begin to magnify God. You, you have to magnify God. You don't know how the deliverance will come, but you have to lift your eyes to Jesus Christ. You have to position yourself where you are and say, I will lift my eyes to the hills. I will lift my eyes to the heavens. From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord who made the... You've got to make, make up your mind yourself to position you in your hell, in your valley, in your place of discouragement, in your place of sorrow, and not allow that sorrow to become a permanent place of mourning and grief because grief will kill you. 
Some of you have been grieving about a business for five years. Grieving about a relationship, a marriage that went south. You've been grieving. And there's a season to mourn. But you can never allow mourning to turn to grief. Because grief brings with it death to your soul, to your relationships. Therefore, you have to lift your eyes when you don't feel like it. You have to rejoice when you don't feel like it. You have to pray when you don't feel like it. This feeling has nothing to do with it. When Job had the most difficult day or, or, that any human being ever had apart from Jesus Christ, who was both God and man, and he lost everything in one day, Satan attacked him. Eventually he was struck with boils from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. If you've ever had a boil, it's not a pleasant thing. Tremendous inflammation, infection, pain, torture. Cannot stand, there's a boil. Cannot sit, there's a boil. Cannot lie, there's a boil. His whole body was in so much agony that he cut himself with a pot, a broken piece of pot and put ashes upon himself to try and soothe the pain. And there stands his wife. Thank God for godly women. Amen. Say amen. And his wife has no empathy with him. She says, why don't you curse God and die? Your God failed you. And some of you feel like it. You feel like your God has failed you. I'll tell you, God hasn't failed you. Satan has attacked you. The serpent has bitten you. But this is not the end of your story. This is not the end of your road. There are still chapters to be written in your life. Come on. The end of your life is not done. You are not done. But you have to make up your mind to change your focus and to shift your focus to the one who died for you 2,000 years ago. So God says to Moses when the fiery serpents come that he has to build a pole, put a sermon. The medical world uses that. They actually acknowledge the Bible. <laughs> that is so sad that they, you know, if you, believe, if you say there is no God, it's because you believe there is a God. That's what the Bible says. The fool says there's no God because he's worried and bothered about God. If you didn't believe in the existence of God, you would not call yourself an agnostic or a heathen or a pagan or an unbeliever. That just means that you believe there is a God and you have to try and uh, dull your senses to the fact that there is a God because you were created by God and for Him. If you knew logically there was a God, you would not have to believe that there is a God. But the universe testifies to the greatness of God, to the existence of God, that some infinite, intelligent human being, God created all of this, not a bang. All of this doesn't come out of nothing. You take, it takes much more faith to believe that we evolved from an amoeba, Proteus, spilled out on some red rock, grew little arms, and eventually evolved into what we are. Well, what's happened for the last six years that we haven't changed much, except you've lost your hair and you've put on some weight, and every five or seven years your wife evolves a little bit, okay, because that's what women do, and that's a good thing. It keeps you interested. But out of this process of evolution suddenly stopped when the Bible started because we do not evolve from anything else. We were created by the living God in the image of God. We were created by God to be fruitful and to multiply. We were created by God to rule and reign. Oh, come on in this life in Jesus' name. And I'm saying that to say to you, no matter how you've been bitten, you cannot be beaten because greater is He that lives in you than he that is in the world. No matter how people betray you, you can get out of that prison of betrayment and you can live the life that God has for you, refusing to be a victim of other people's actions. If any person could have become bitter, it was Joseph. Had a great dream, 17 years old, I'm going to do great things for God. And his brothers betray him. But the pit and the pot, pot of his house, and the prison was not the end of Joseph's journey. The places where he tasted bitterness, betrayal, attempted murder, defamation of character, persecution, abandonment, 
You read in all those scriptures, amazing. But the Lord was with Joseph. Hallelujah. He never left God. Every morning, oh God, I'm in prison. You said I'm going to get to the palace. I don't know what I'm doing in the prison, but I'm going to look through these prison bars and I'm going to praise you, Father. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Come on. I'm going to praise you. When he found himself in the pit, it was Reuben who intervened, which means praise. Reuben came. Judah came. Intervened. And he was delivered in Jesus' name. My brother and my sister, hear me this morning. This is going to be a week of victory. This is going to be a week of celebration. This is going to be a week where we make up our mind wherever we are. We are not going to stay where we are. We are going to walk through every valley. We are going to overcome every opposition. We are going to praise God no matter what. Something is going to shift in the atmosphere. Something is going to shift in our hearts. Something is going to break over our minds. Something is going to lift from your head, from your child, from your husband. Something is going to break. Every burden is going to be removed. Every chain is going to be broken through the television in our auditoriums. Oh, I feel the Spirit of God in this place. Give Him a praise. If you have never stood to your feet, you can do it now and give God praise. Bitter never defeated. Bitter never beaten. Bitter never bitter. Bitter always better. When those brothers of Joseph came and he was in the place, place of destiny in the palace, he said, what you meant for evil, God turned around for good. And Romans 8 verse 28 says, uh, he says, and we know that all things, the good, the bad, the ugly, all things work together for good to those who love God who are called according to His purpose. Oh, come on, He's going to turn your scars into stars for the sake of other people. He's going to turn your tragedy into a triumph. He's going to turn your ashes into beauty. He's going to clothe you with a fresh garment. I believe it with all my heart. I declare it. The time of mourning is over. Some of you have been mourning quietly. I declare it. The time of mourning the time of sorrow, the time of mourning is over in the name of Jesus Christ. Something is going to shift in the atmosphere and in your life. So again, Israel, I have to close and be on my way to Johannesburg, but yes, Israel and God delivers them 10 miracles in Egypt. We know the story. I don't have to read it. And uh, He brings them out that they may worship Him. He brings them for relationship. But the enemy attacks them while they're prisoners. It's like people say, Pastor, before I served Christ, I didn't have all these problems. You had many more problems. You just have a selective memory now. All you did then is you drowned your sorrows. You had a lot of trouble, a lot of sorrows. Let's just own up. Let's face up. You had no control of your mouth. Let's just start there. So the, the, the enemy attacked them 10 times in the wilderness and then 10 times on the way to the promised land there's an attack against them different forms of attack so God brings them out with a mighty hand and they think the journey is going to be easy salvation and then having to possess the land of promise that God has for you and they come out of Egypt God brings them through the Red Sea we know the story they're literally between a rock and a hard place and God comes to Moses and He says, why are you crying to me? Do something about this situation. Stretch forth your hand. It's always something you can do. Pray a prayer. Give a praise. Get up again. Get yourself in church. Change your attitude. Stop murmuring. Stop complaining. Stop criticizing. Stop being a victim. Just get it. You know, if you change your attitude, you'll be amazed at how your life is going to change. Because if you believe you are where you are because of somebody else, you are never going to get away from where you are. I mean, Joseph wasn't in prison because of his doing. He wasn't in the pit because of his doing. But he was smart enough not to play the blatant game. So yeah, Israel comes and they've, God miraculously brings them through the Red Sea. And for three days they have no food and no water which is about the limit biologically or physically or whatever for us human beings, three days without water, desert. And they come to a place of water and they're all happy, they're all excited. They say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Breakthrough, Father, Metsi. Hallelujah. 
they were complaining about the Dijon God gave them. Hmm. Watch, watch when you complain. Even if you eat bread and tomato sauce, like some of us did as teenagers, like Kulisi did. Be happy. Thank God for your daily bread. Even if you eat one meal a day, say, thank you, Lord, for my daily bread. But these people, they became so unhappy with God's provision with their houses they lived in, the cars they drove, that they murmured and they complained that God's not good. So God has to test them and teach them and bring them to a place of humility. They come to Mara. Bitter Sy kon nooit iets goed sê oor enig iemand wat Engels gepraat het nie. Hello granny, wherever you are. I mean, okay, please respectfully because, um, well, I don't know where heaven is because the earth is round. Unlike some people now debate again, the earth is flat. Seriously, because flat. You're flying, this is how clever we've become. There's a group of scientists now that believe the earth is flat again. That's clever, right? So if I, if I point there or there, I don't know, because where is heaven? Is it that side or that side? Because there's heaven that side as well. So I don't mean disrespect, wherever she is. I'm now preaching in English. <laughs> ah, give the Lord a praise just because you're happy, man. Put a smile on your face. Look alive. Life is good. Might be better, but it's good. It's still better than most other people have. The life you have still is better. So, I want to read this and I have to close Exodus 15. And the people complaining against Moses, verse 24, said, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he, God, made a statute and an ordinance for them. And he tested them. And he said, if you diligently heed my voice, listen, we've been talking about this of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, not your sight and give ear to his commandments. We have to listen to God's commandments in order to receive the promises of God. He says, I will put none of these diseases on you, which I brought upon the Egyptians. So I'm the Lord who heals you. There's the one redemptive name of God in the old covenant, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rapha. I'm the Lord who heals you. And then they came to Elam. So God changes the waters of Marah, bitter to sweet, and He takes them to Elam. And I love this, where there were 12, 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So Elam literally means the place of refreshing, the place of restoration, the place of abundance, the place of rest. You need a rest, family, in the presence of God. You need to get away from Marah. Things are a little bit better at your Marah, and the waters have become a little bit sweeter, but I'm gonna say it, this dream week, God's taking you out of Mara, God's taking you out of your bitter pool, God's taking you out of your problems, and God is gonna take you to Elam. You better believe it. I said you are gonna move on to Elam, which is a place of rest. You are gonna find rest in the presence of God. You are gonna be refreshed by the Spirit of God. You are gonna be restored by the mighty power of God. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. I don't care how big your trouble, how big your problem, God is going to turn your bitter into sweet. And again, you have to understand that when the serpents bit the people, God said, put a serpent on a pole which pointed to Jesus Christ that would be crucified for you and me. Your God says to Moses at the bitter waters of Mara, He says, take a tree and throw it into the bitter waters. 
Jesus will always be the answer to your pain and to your sorrow and to your hurt and to your tragedy. 2,000 years ago, listen to me, God threw a tree into the pool of humanity where we all have had pain and suffering and we've been hurt and we've been betrayed and, and, and when we've been abandoned and we've been rejected and we have failed and we have sinned and we have messed up and God says it's not the end of your story. I'm gonna turn your bitter into sweet. I'm gonna throw a tree into your sea of bitterness and hurt and pain and tragedy. You have to understand today that God sent His Son 2,000 years ago, not just to get to heaven, but to open your prison doors, to set you free from your captivity, to heal your broken heart. I want you to know this morning, you have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You have a God who loves you unconditionally. You have a God who looks beyond your symptoms and your circumstances, and He sees the reason of your, for your pain and your hurt and, 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 and the things that you get up. That's why when you look at Jesus and He deals with people, He never deals symptomatic. And good doctors neither deal symptomatic. Good doctors listen, but they discern. So Jesus doesn't look at symptoms, people do. He looks at the root cause of your symptoms. Some people are drinking themselves to death because they are hurting are you listening to me? And you can go as a wife every night and give that man an earful. The reason, the cause. And if we think we're going to heal our world and address symptoms, we make a mistake. That's what politicians do. They deal with immorality by putting condoms everywhere. Stupid. You have to change people's values. You have to change people's hearts. You have to eradicate sin from the heart of an individual. You have to get Jesus in the equation. Listen to me. Whether you don't believe there's a God, I don't care. He saved me. There is a Christ, there is a Saviour, and our world is crying out. The Bible says, whole of creation is crying out and groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. It's tired, the time is, is over to be silent about your Christianity. Allow God to do something great in your life this week. Allow God to change something in you this week. Good news for those on One Gospel still with us. We will be live on One Gospel, especially for all of you. Every night, 7 o'clock, you can be with us. And on TV at 8 o'clock, this will be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We love you. Join us. God's going to touch you. God's going to do something amazing in your life. We love you. Peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Your son that's now fallen off the wagon. That's why prayer is important and that's why you cannot lose focus of the remedy and the solution of the ills in society. We have to bring Jesus back to our world, to our lives, to our situations. No matter how severe the bite is, He's not some historical individual out there. He's a Savior that cares. And throughout the Old Testament, there are so many things that points to Jesus having to come. And every time when people decided to look at God's redemptive plan, which was hidden in the Old Testament, but revealed in the New Testament in the fullness of time, He sent His Son into the world to heal you, your broken heart, to comfort those who mourn. That's what the Bible says. When you mourn, He's there to comfort you. But you have to allow Him to comfort you. You can't hold on and go revisit the place of your pain again and again and again because you'll walk deeper into a prison of hurt and darkness. Listen, I say it because I love you and I care about you. Every time you talk about that hurt, you reopen that wound. It's like your, 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 my shoulder, the ligaments. I almost thought I tore one off because I did pull-ups, which was a little bit premature. So I had to go for a sonar to see what it now scary because I wasn't using my logical side as any doctor would tell you, okay? 
So you have to look at your hurt and realize that magnifying the hurt is not going to get rid of the hurt. You have to look at the solution. So I had to go for the sonar to look at all three tenants. Is it good enough fast? And you wonder, are they? It really doesn't matter. They're my Andes. Okay. So it really doesn't matter. But um, you have to look at the solution. What caused the hurt? Forgiveness? Move on. You can't every time. Because if, if, if God throws a tree in the sea of humanity, which is your healing, your deliverance, your completion, and every time you have a bad day, but you've found your healing, your deliverance, and now you this side in the life of Christ, but every time your emotions are destabilized, you just violate what Jesus did for you. Go visit your old life again. You're going to mess up things. That's why Paul says one thing I do. I set the things behind me that need to stay in the past. And I look up, I look forward, I look to Jesus and I press on into the new life. And every time the devil reminds me of my past, I'm going to remind him of his future. Every time the devil knocks me down, I'm going to get back up again. Every time depression is going to try and get a hold of me, I'm going to make up my mind to praise God a little bit louder. I'm going to be more radical. I'm going to be more on fire. Every time the devil tries to intimidate me, I'm going to be bolder. I'm going to be braver. I'm going to be stronger. You may bite me, but you're not going to beat me. You can bite me, but you're not going to defeat me. You can bite me, but you're not going to be defeat me. You can bite me, but you are not going to leave me bitter in Jesus' name. Bitten, never beaten. Sometimes you just have to take that shot and shake your head and clear your mind. Get up with more determination. You can because God's grace is for you. God lives in you. Your future is ahead of you. Come on, stand to your feet and give Him a praise in this morning. Come on, give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. Come on, give Him a praise. No, come on, you're not clapping for a polite, for politeness. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Psalm 47 verse 1. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, lift your voice. Come on. Lift your voice. Change the sound of your voice. Change the sound of your voice. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. Oh, some of you just have to praise Him in your valley. Praise Him in your place of bitterness. Praise Him in your place of loneliness. Praise, praise Him in your place of despair. Praise Him in your place of defeat. Knowing this morning you have been bitten, but you cannot be beaten. You have been bitten, but you cannot be defeated. You have been bitten, but you will not be bitter. You can't, you have been bitten. You choose to be better, 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 bigger, stronger, more determined, more resolute. I will rise again. Come on, arise. I will get up again in Jesus' name. I'm going to put the past behind me. I'm going to shake off the ashes. Shake off the discouragement. Shake off whatever the devil has tried to put upon me. In Jesus' name. You know, you don't choose a battle. A battle chooses you. You don't choose tragedy. Tragedy chooses you. You don't choose Mara. Mara chariot chooses you. Mary. It's amazing that uh, so many Marys played such a powerful role in Jesus. And Mary means bara, which means bitterness. So they obviously never identified with the label put upon them. <laughs> you've got to let things go. You've got to close that chapter before you've got to close the chapter. And not for that chapter to stay open. You have to read the next chapter, which is the Bible. And not stay in that one chapter. And keep a grip on hope. And make up your mind. 
This morning, the Holy One of Israel is here. God Himself is here. And He wants to save you for His glory. God wants to save you for His glory. He wants to save any man and woman so that His kingdom can be advanced, protected and sustained. God is, is committed and faithful to this relationship. That is why he wants to save humanity. Because if a man is not saved, how will the whole earth be filled with the, with the glory of the Lord as the world has covered the sea? We are the only people that can plant up and populate heaven. But for us to plant up and populate heaven, God needs us. To do what he has called us to do. So God wants to save any man and woman in this place. Number one, for his, for prosperity, spiritual prosperity. Because if you are not saved spiritually, it means we don't have God in our life. But when we've got God in our life, then we can talk about him. Then we can sustain what God has called us to do. So God wants to sustain us and, and save us for his glory. Each and every one of us, we, we are working in different places. We are working in different countries. But God has saved us to become his voice in our areas of influence. So he saved us for that reason. To represent him in your company. To represent him in your football team. To represent him in the school. That is why... He's willing to save, to save each and every one of us. Many people, they come to church and they say, Pastor, I've been doing church, but I've never seen the power of God manifesting in my life. I've never seen the move of God in my life. Because you see, up until God has got your heart and God has got everything that is about you, it will be difficult for God to manifest himself in your life. But when God has got your heart, He's got everything. When God has become the Lord and the Savior and He becomes the commander in your life, then He can deploy you. Many people spiritually are not deployed. Physically, they're not deployed in an area of influence because they don't have God. You see, when God saves you and He deploys you, He will protect you. He will sustain you. He will get you at the right place with the right people at the right time. But you need the power of the Holy Spirit for God to move and sustain you. So this morning, if you're that man, that woman, that child, and say, Pastor, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want the Lord to sustain me. I want God to, to lead me, to get me at the right place. Because you see, up until you gave your life to the Lord, there's too many things that God will never reveal to you. Many people are, are well off because they've put God first in their life. Many people are doing so well financially, materially, psychologically in their life because God has become everything in their life. Because you see up until God has become everything in their life. He will not deposit and give something that we call uncommon ideas in your life. And uncommon ideas is an idea that is divinely planted by God in your life that will set you for the rest of your life. Many people, they're willing, they're looking for something. But no one is willing and committing them to commit themselves to give their life to the Lord. They want to be blessed. They want to go on a whole other level. But they don't want to commit to the one who's got the life. So if you want to go anywhere in life, God is the answer. If you want your life, your, your family, your business to, to go on a whole other level, God is the answer. If you want to hear the voice of God, God is the answer. You see the people, they read the word of the Lord and they, 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 they read the word and they don't understand the word. Because you see the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how will you be able to hear him and read his word if you don't have him? Because you see, if you don't have the word of God, you can't hear his voice. If you can't hear his voice, then it means there will be no faith activated. Because if faith comes by hearing, then you have to hear the word, to hear. So this morning, if you want to give your life to the Lord, you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. You've been in the same place for too long. 
You want God to take you from one level to another level because he can. He's the Messiah. That is why he says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Without God, there is no abundantly. Without God, there is no intervention. Without God, there will be no increase and multiplication because you see when you've got God in your life, everything else changes because you see when you've got God and you've got this life, everything in your life changes. That's why the Bible says, those who meditate and ponder on the word of the Lord, they'll be like a tree that is planted along Inside the rivers of the river and its, its leaves will not wither. When you've got word and you've got the word of God and you've got God himself, everything in your life, it will change. Those this morning, if you want to give your life to the Lord, you want to surrender, you want to recommit your life, you need God on a whole nala level because you are sick and tired. This is the right place at the right time to not today in the name of Jesus. If you want to give your life, can I see by raising your hand and say, Pastor, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to come back in the name of Jesus. I want to commit my life to Jesus. Please raise your hands right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, family. Anyone else in the name of Jesus? The middle block. Thank you. Anyone else? If you don't have God, this world will play yo-yo with you. I can guarantee that. But when God is in your life, everything else change. When God takes hold of your life, he will get you at the right place that you never thought possible by yourself. He will visit you at night. He will communicate with you. He will show you things that you never see before we close at the ramp on my right. If you want to give your life, please raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, I'm giving my life to the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. In the balcony, please raise your hands right now in Jesus' mighty name. My brother, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else at the ground floor on my left? Anyone else there at the back? Raise your hands, man. Raise your hands. Family, raise your hands. We can't be doing church every single week and we come in the same and we live the same. Because when God comes into a place and His presence is dwelling in the place, the people don't leave the place the same. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do it to your career. Don't do that to your health. In the name of Jesus. Family, I'm going to ask you to stretch forth your hands as we pray with these beloved, beautiful people here in front. Your life will never be the same again. The prayer that you are going to do now is one of the prayers that it's so powerful. So I want to pray to pray after me with all that is in your heart. Because God is doing something very new in your life. Say, Father, I come this morning before the throne room of God. Lord, I thank you for saving me. I believe with all my heart that you are the Lord and you are the Messiah. You've died for me on the cross. From today, I'm born again. I am new in the spirit. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I honor you with my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.